It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, incredible guy. When I was young, I didn't necessarily, our TV, so back then you only had an antenna, and there's like three channels, four, and then there was a thing called UHF. The UHF was the channels that were like 20 and all those, and, and so PBS was on one of those, and uh, sometimes we could get it on our TV. <laughs> Sometimes our old TV couldn't pull it in. And so, but I'd watch Mr. Rogers every once in a while. I really liked Cowboy Bob, Windjammer, Tumbleweed. I'm just thinking the cowboy hat, the whole thing just, just seemed, to, seemed to be a better fit. Because I looked at Mr. Rogers sometimes and I would think, well, that guy just seems like he's just, just a nice guy. I'm going to watch the cowboy. I think sometimes we do that with Jesus, the world. Well, he's a nice guy, and I don't know how he applies to my life. Um, Mr. Rogers, a lot, lot of launching uh, places that I could spend some time today in our At The Movie series, but, but um, I think this, and in the movie, here's what you see. There's, a, there's someone sent to interview him, doesn't really want to interview him. Spoiler alert, I won't tell you the whole thing. Uh, but, but, but here's the deal. When he gets there, what he finds is the same guy that, that you see on TV is who he meets. It's not that this guy that's nice and has all these values and talks about all these good things is something else when you meet him off camera. He's the exact same person. And we have, we have a, our, uh, one of our guitarists here, Matt Simon. Some of you know Matt. His mother, uh, Dr. Mary Mann Simon, written over, I believe it's over 4,000 children's books by just about every publisher, Tyndale, Scholastic, all of them. Um, and, and so she's written a lot of books and she was a personal friend of Mr. Rogers and she was a consultant on this movie and what she said about him is this she said that Fred was the most Christ-like person I've ever met what he did, what he said, and who he was all flowed from his core as a Christian I like that, don't you? Not just somebody that we read in the paper or in a magazine or online somewhere, but somebody that we actually know, and I've met Mary, that she had a, a, a friendship with him, had interviewed him, had, had gave insight uh, to him, and she says this about him. Because I would tell you this, that in the church world, sometimes we have this problem where what we say doesn't match with what we do. It, and it's a bad deal especially for the world, because they're looking at us, and when they see hypocrisy, it causes them to say, well, I really don't need all that, because what they know is there's plenty of hypocrisy in the world. Anybody with me? I mean, it's a whole other sermon to talk about the hypocrisy of our world. It's there, right? But because of what we value and what we say we believe, well, we can't conduct ourselves in a way that's different than what, who we say we are. Can I hear an Amen. Now, this will be a message where it's easy to get quiet because I'll probably, like, step on some toes a little bit. And just, you know, if you can't say amen, just say ouch, okay? <laughs> we'll get through it together. And please know when, when you preach, I'm going to preach on integrity this morning. When you preach on something like this, it's like, you know, I, I, I'm here too. If I point at you, I got, I got four pointing back at me, right? So, so integrity, we gotta, we got to make make it this way that we don't have an integrity issue in our life because we represent. I was sharing in the Saturday night service about how sometimes I'll hear about a, a certain leader in the church, in the Christian church, in, in, in the kingdom of God, and, and they're probably, they're not, I'm not a televangelist, I'm not a priest, I'm not, 
you know, in, in these arenas. But when they stumble and fall, the world just knows I'm a part of them. The world thinks you're a part of them too. And we can, we can say, well, I'm not that. Well, they just see us all as one. There's a whole other message in, in that, right? But, but, but I'm just saying this, that integrity is something that we have to get right. And I want to tell you this, we can get it right. We can get it right. So don't feel any guilt and shame and condemnation in this message. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Because here's what, here's what God can do. God can make all things new. And maybe you've had a, a place with integrity in your life. It's been tough. Um, I believe today God's going to do some, some incredible things. Integrity, uh, defining it, I'd say first of all, if you take a note, you can jot this down. Integrity is doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. Anybody agree? Say yes. Yeah, doing the right thing. The, the integrity means that, that I do the right thing and that, that my, my, my desire is to always do the right thing. And, not, and, not just, and again, not just having the, the desire to do it, but actually doing the right thing. Uh, somebody great said this, doing what the integrity is doing what you ought to, even if it costs you. Doing what you ought to do, even if it costs you. Integrity. It may, it may, it may, it may um, take something from me, but I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do what I need to do. Uh, I like this one. Doing what is right when no one is watching. There's integrity. Doing what is right when no one is watching. When, when, when you're all alone, when nobody, when you could do wrong, but integrity says, I'm not going to, it's, it's playing golf by yourself, and you could, either, you could either do the right score or the score you want. Integrity, right? Doing, let, me, let me help you. So doing what is right when no one wa is watching is a good definition of integrity. I just want to help you. Kind of a by the way, just in your notes, put BTW. By the way, there is always someone watching. Always someone watching. And so I believe, I believe this. Two words I'm going to give you real quick. Power and process. I believe that both of those have to be in place for us to have integrity. You've got to have the powerful moment in your life when Jesus comes into your life and he transforms you. Anybody had that experience where, where your life is, is altogether different than it was because Jesus came in. You had a powerful Jesus moment in your life, and because of that, your life has changed. Integrity can't really start till that happens. I can say I have integrity, but I just know this. I'll come up short because he makes a difference. He helps me to do the things that I could never do, the things that I'm incapable of doing, that powerful moment. Now, I would say this, that, that if we were to, to have a, 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 one of the disciples, if we could interview them, maybe we get in heaven one day, we'll get to do this. I'd like to do it. I'm going to put on my Ander, Anderson Cooper, Walter Conkright, Dan Rather, sit down and, and interview some of these guys. I, I want to get with Moses. Not, I, just, I just go on a tangent for a minute. I want to sit down with him and just say, hey, tell me, when, when you did that thing in the Red Sea and you, you're, 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 you're doing that, what was really going through your mind? Were you like, yeah, God's got this? Or, or, or were you a little hesitant to just kind of, because I've read, I read the story, but I want to hear just from your own mouth, what, what were you feeling? When, when the waters parted and everybody's walking across, we're like, yeah, I knew God was going to do that. Or were you like, whoa, he's bigger than I thought he was. Disciples, 
Can you imagine you're here with Peter? You're like, Peter, tell me, tell me about one of the powerful moments with Jesus. Maybe he'd tell us about that time when, I kind of think in Mark's gospel in chapter 2, when, when he's in the house, I think Peter's really close to Jesus because Mark, scholars say he's writing Peter's account of what Peter saw and witnessed. And so I think from what it says to me, it sounds like Peter's right there in the house. House is full. Nobody can get in. They tear the roof off. Here comes this guy coming lowered down. And, and Peter, can you imagine? Peter's like, man, I won't be like Jesus. He can tell us about that moment. The moment when, when all the disciples are gathered and Peter would be like, and he asked us, who are people saying he is? And we started telling him, you know, Jeremiah and you know, one of the prophets. And, and then he said, who do you say I am? He said, everybody else is sitting there looking dumbfounded. And all of a sudden, he said, I don't know what it was. Come, at the time, I didn't know what it was. It came, came over me, but now I know about it. It was a Holy Ghost. I just think Peter's going to say it like that. He's not going to be Holy Spirit. He's going to be Holy Ghost. He said, and I said, thou art the Christ in King James English. And Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I'm just telling you, Peter could probably relate that powerful moment or the time when they're on the boat and, and G, Jesus invites Peter to come out and, and Peter is stepping on the water. You know he's going to tell us about that. And I want to hear that. You know what I mean? I'm stepping on the water, going to the door, and then I fell. But Jesus picked me up. Never been picked up like Peter. I can hear Peter. I've never been picked up like I was picked up that day. Because even in my failure, Jesus drew me closer. Oh. But here's what I think Peter and any disciples would tell us. I want to tell you about the powerful moment when he called me. Matthew, I was just a tax collector. And I left the desk and I followed Jesus to a whole new realm. I was looked down upon by everybody, but Jesus invited me to a relationship where I did what I'd never be able to do. Peter and the guys, they were fishermen. He said to us, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And we left a career. We left nets. and We went after Jesus because it was such a powerful moment and our lives were transformed. I'm telling you, they could tell us about powerful moments. If, if, if I ask you, tell me when Jesus came in your life, you could tell me about a powerful moment, and you need that. But you also need process. Now, we don't like process, because process is a lot like trying to run in peanut butter. It's sticky and it's hard, right? Process, we like it at the beginning of a project, and we like the finished part, but we hate sitting watching the paint dry. Process. Most of us aren't fans of process, but it's so important for you. And if we interviewed those disciples and we said, tell us about the moments of process in your life. they tell us, well, when Jesus called me, I was nowhere ready to do what he was going to have me do. Peter could tell you about the times where he spoke up when he should have been quiet. Peter could tell us about the time he pulled the sword when they were going to arrest Jesus and cut the ear off Malchus. And Jesus picked it up and put it back on and healed him. He said, I learned a lot that day. He could tell us about the time when they went, they went up on the Mount, on Mount Transfiguration with, with Jesus. And they're like, hey, we, we want to build a, a tabernacle. 
We want to build a, a, a memorial to you and to Moses and to Elijah. And, and Peter would say, I had it all wrong. That time when Jesus spent that time in Samaria talking to the woman at the well, and, and we didn't know where he got food, and we didn't know who fed him. We thought somebody slipped him a, a hamburger. It's about how funny it was when they asked him that. And he said, my meat is to do the will of my father. We were learning in the process. It took time for us to get to that place. We had powerful moments, but there was process. You need the process. Integrity starts with a powerful moment, but it continues and develops and matures in our life through the process. Somebody shout process. Process. Here's, here's, here's the thing that I see so many times. I'll see, I'll see on social media, I'll see powerful moments in people's lives. I think about a baby. You get the baby that's, that's been crawling, it's going to learn to walk, it's standing up, and then finally one day it does the boom. Video, pictures, our baby made his first step. I've been with people, look at, yeah, I made the first step. Oh, it's cool. Now, it didn't really know how to walk yet. That child made a first step. It could have even been accidental, but you, I'm telling you, you were pumped about it. First step, it's growing up. Driver's license is coming. <laughs> By the way, that's where it's leading, I'm just telling you. There it is. So good. We want to we save that and, and put this into a memorial to remember that our baby made his first step. Now, it's going to take days and maybe weeks for it to get this down. And then eventually so it can walk normal and be, be upright because it's just the muscles have got to develop and it's gotta, that baby's got to figure out stability and, what, and like, you know, turning around, how to do that without falling like this. And it's going, here's what people don't do. They don't film all the process. They don't post on social media. I've got 18 hours and 39 minutes of my baby learning the process, process of how to walk. They just put the moment, because we love the powerful moments, but the process, it's long, and it takes time, and it's an investment, and there's ups and downs and peaks and valleys. And that's the way it is with integrity. And here's the cool thing. right? There, there's, there's, there's power and there's process uh, God works in both. And God sets up an example for us. James 1.17 says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. That, that God is the same when you read about him in his word as he is in your life working. That you don't read about a God here and then see him different. Now if, now, if you've drummed up and made up your own image of God that's other than the Word, well, you'll, you'll be disappointed and confused. But if you read about God in the Word, I want to tell you, you will, he will exceed your expectations. He'll do above and beyond anything that you could ever ask or think. So let's read in Ephesians chapter 5, if you have your Bible or your mobile device. If not, we'll have the words there on the screen. Ephesians 5. I'm going to read 21 verses. We'll just read a bit and then talk and bit and then talk and just do that today. Five, pick it up in verse one. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. 
and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you. With empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. It's a good word. It's a straight word. Apostle Paul is not playing around. He really wants us to get this. In fact, he says this, be imitators of God as little children. You know how little children pick up behavior. Some of you parents, grandparents would know about this, that child is with someone, they come home, and they're doing something, and like, where'd you learn that how? Remember one time when our daughter was young, we got call, called a special meeting with the teacher, and they told us something, and we're like, we don't do that. We don't say that. We don't. Come to find out, she'd been around somebody, and she picked this up, and just was, you know, kids don't know. They just imitate, imitate. But by the way, adults imitate too. In fact, the Greek here is, is, is the idea of, comes from the word, gives us the word mimic. Like to, to look at God and like a child, imitate him. And how, how do we do that? It says this, walk in love like Jesus. And how did Jesus love? Jesus loved by giving himself. So, so the first idea of integrity for your life is walking in love. Love, walking in love, that 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 you won't you won't have integrity in your life if, if you don't if you're not walking in love, and that means this giving of yourself, not just not just saying you love. And last week I talked a lot. And if you weren't here, you can go listen to it on uh, YouTube, Elevation Indie, the YouTube channel, or you can go to Elevation uh, Podcast Network and listen to the audio. But but the idea that God loves us first loved us. And then he wants us to love like he loves, agape love, love that gives, love that, love that doesn't just say words, but actually gives. First John 4, 7 said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So because of what God has done, we imitate that and we love others. We love, Jesus said it when he's asked, what's the greatest commandment? Well, love God, okay, with everything. Second one, love people, love your neighbor. And so because God has loved us and poured love into our heart, Romans 5, we love him and we should love people. That, and, and, and not just, again, integrity is not just in, in words because what will happen is uh, you There'll be somebody that's unlovable in your life. It just will be. Might be somebody in your own family. Might, might be a friend. Might be somebody that, that you know you should love, but, well, it's tough. Because here's the thing. We don't struggle with people that, we, that are easy to love. People that treat us good, well, I can love them. People that are nice to you, I can love them. 
People that, that value who you are, well, I can love. It's the people that don't do those things. It's the people that, are, that, are, that treat you ugly and are unkind to you, people that ignore you, people that walk on past you. Well, you've got to love them too. If, if, if integrity, integrity meaning what you say and what you do match, that if it's really integrity, that idea of being whole and complete, if I'm going to walk in integrity, then I've got to love the people that are hard to love, that are seemingly unlovable. And it's, it says it like this in, in the Scripture here that, that you know, that, that you, you move away from, from every kind of sexual immorality because you love people. If you love people, you're not going to put them in a place uh, to make them make a decision that is sexually immoral, that, that you also uh, have um, purity of life. Cleanness means this, that, that I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in purity in my thoughts and my actions towards people. And not only that, it says, that word that we don't use much nowadays, covet, covetousness, greed and envy and jealousy over one another. Well, the world can do that stuff. Francis Chan said, I don't, I don't want to end up at the end of my life and have accomplished what any unbeliever could accomplish. That's a true statement, right? Anybody could be greedy and jealous and live an impure life and, and all these things, but God's calling us to, to another level and loving people sometimes that are hard to love. I'll show you who those are. You, you may want to write this down so you can, do a, you can do a, a, get you a list so you can look over your life. Um, I, I like to think sometimes that people uh, have a problem loving down and outers. I know in a church we say, no, we love them, and we love them, and I, I get that. But um, if I really love, and love means giving, then it means I'm going to give something of myself, a part of me, to someone that's, that's, that's down and out. That means that it's going to cost me something back to integrity. Like, like we're doing right now, Thanksgiving back. We believe this is a time of Thanksgiving. Anybody with me say yes? And so we believe that because we're, we're, we're in a time of Thanksgiving that we should give back as well. And so out there, there's a big, there's a big barrel for it that we're collecting coat, coats and socks and hats and gloves and blankets. And, and so then um, walking in love and loving somebody that's down out, it's not, well, I, I think we should treat those people right. And if somebody's treated wrong, we get upset and mad about it. But actually giving something, going in your closet and finding the coat that you had two years ago, and now you've got a brand new one. And you, new one's nice, but, man, I like that one a whole lot. Taking that one out, getting it cleaned, and bringing it and, and giving it. means maybe, go, maybe when you're, you're, you're in Walmart that, that you take a few extra dollars and you buy a blanket so you can toss it in there, or you buy a pair of socks or some gloves, and you, it's costing you something. It's not just saying you love them, but you're allowing it to impact your life. If you with me, say yes. I think sometimes we have, we have trouble really loving the, I'm going to call them this, the, the do-betters than me. The people that's got the nicer house, they got the nicer stuff, right? They got, they, got, they got a bigger house, they got more stuff, they got more money, they got more hair. <laughs> and I look at them, or you look at them. And instead of being envious and jealousy, ruling your life, it's saying, I'm going to love you even though you have more. 
You know, in our world, we, we, like, we like to target, and, and I don't know these people, so I can't validate it. I'm just saying, we like to target like the Jeff Bezos and, the, and Elon Musk of the world and say they're evil and they're wicked because they have more stuff, when really, we're just called to love people. And, and maybe it's not those people that are troubling, but it's the people that your neighbor that keeps on getting a new car when, you know, you had to jump yours last four days to get it going. You had to stop by and air up your tire because it's running on its last leg and you don't have a new one to, to, to say, well, God, I don't know about my neighbor, but I need you to bless me when maybe it is that you've got to love that person a little more. So, so, so the, the, the do betters than me and then the, the do, the do wor- those that do worse than me. Here's what we I've been around Christians a long time. All my life I've been around church people and, 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 and watched behaviors. And here's what we do. We get saved and delivered and get some stuff in our life a little right and we're here. We're not perfect, right? Anybody perfect? Right? You're probably at the wrong church. There's no perfect people allowed here. So, so, so we're not perfect, but we got some things. We're, like we're coming along. We're in the process. Had a powerful moment. God did this 20 years ago. Woo. Deliver me from that. Then I look at the person there that's a little bit behind me. They ain't got it all right. And I think, well, I'm glad I'm not like them. And we get a problem with those people. They're a little worse than we feel like we are. And it can become, we can get a place where we really don't love. And let me give you the big one. Here's the big one. In our modern world, the disagreeables. The people that we disagree with. Here's what we do. Get out of here. I'm just going to tell you, there's not one person here in here that agrees with me on everything. I already know that. I already know that if we sit down and talk, we're not going to agree on every single thing. Well, that doesn't mean I get the excuse to not love you. I'm just telling you, you're going to, we're going to disagree. We, we could disagree about the snow. Some of you are like, I love the snow, let it snow. Some of you online sitting in your cozy house this morning, well, it's snowing, I'm not, church is going to be closed, there's a half inch of snow coming or something. And everybody's laughing at you, but we love you. I'm just saying, we can disagree about all kinds of stuff. Big one's politics right now. Because somebody voted for Trump, you can't not love them. And because somebody voted for Biden, you cannot say, I don't love you. Are you with me? The church can't do that stuff. Because somebody got vaccinated, you can't say, well, I don't believe in it, so I don't love you. Or because somebody uh, uh, didn't get, right? Somebody got it, somebody didn't get it. Let me get my words straight. (laughs) And we get all, well, no, love them. Love them anyhow. Even though you disagree. Love them. You say, but here's what I understand. Here's what I know. I got it. I hear both sides of this stuff all the time. People are like, well, if I was you, this is what I'd do. <laughs> like Pastor Ronnie's here. Well, you ain't me. <laughs> I'm just saying, you got to love people even when you disagree. Jesus loved the sinners got accused of hanging out with them too much doesn't mean he agreed with their sin. Doesn't mean that he thought, well, that's right. The woman caught in the act of adultery, when he, when he picks her up, he says, you know, where, where are your, before he does, he says, where are your accusers? Well, there's not any, Lord. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He wasn't in agreement with her sin, but he loved her. 
and he loves you. And he calls us to love one another. And integrity means walking through the process to allow God to help me to love everybody. That, they, that there's no reason why, why I can excuse someone of, of, of being unlovable, that I've got to love them and show love. And that means not holding on to bitterness and grudges. Just release those folks. Somebody say, well, 25 years ago, they stole my lunch money. I know. <laughs> they did you wrong. But, but you've you got to move on. Here, this is cliche. I don't like to use cliches a lot, but I'm going to use it. You've got to let go and let God. Just let them go. By the way, they've, they've got, they're holding you hostage, by the way. That, that hurt, that pain, that thing, it's holding you. It's trapped you where you're at. Let them go, and then let God do the stuff that he can do. Right? He can give you a powerful moment where you're like, whoa, you know what? I'm over that. And you can see him and love him and not have to. You say, if they never come made it right, that's okay. God's got your back. <laughs> you let him go. Now, here's the question. If you're taking notes, write this down. Who is it? Who is it that you aren't loving in your life? Who is it that you find yourself not loving? And, and, and maybe it is somebody that's hurt you. Maybe it's somebody, they're just a pest in your life. Maybe it's somebody, they always, they always say and do the wrong thing. But by the way, you can love people and not have to trust them. That's a, that's a whole different sermon. Trust is a different thing. You can love people and not trust. I've, I've been with people who have, who have um, uh, ongoing uh, people in their life that are dealing with addiction. And they may not trust them, even though they're close to them, but they still love them. You can love somebody, and you don't have trust maybe yet, but you can love them. Who is it that you need to love? Ephesians, we'll pick it up in 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness. Now, he didn't say they're in darkness. He said you were once a part of the darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Transformation. Power. Powerful moment. Then he says, walk, here's the process, as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is, the ex uh, what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That verse right there, verse 11. You can take that this week and spend some time just dissecting that and how does that work in your life. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This is, you're going to have to read this chapter this week and go back because and, and, we won't get to everything here. But he says this, walk Walk in the light. Integrity is walking in the light. Walking in the light, moving out of darkness. And, and then he links fruit of the Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit. Light walking is allowing the Holy Spirit to produce in you fruit that you couldn't produce yourself. Your flesh has a whole lot of stuff that it wants to work to make happen, but it's allowing the Holy Spirit to produce fruit from your life that, that is different than what you would normally allow to happen. To have joy when there's no reason why you could have joy. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. Holy Spirit can cause you to love when you couldn't love. Cause you to endure with patience and long-suffering things that, that, that you'd give up on easily. Now, I, I was uh, a few weeks ago, I was, our, we live in a two-story, and uh, we got a stairway that you come down. I was up early. It was still dark outside. It was like, 
I don't know, I was up and ready to go at like five in the morning, and I don't do that exactly like that every day, but that day, for some reason, I had to be someplace, and I was, and when I'm up in the morning, I'm bouncing around, like singing, and let's do this, and all this stuff, and, and um, everybody in the house wasn't up yet, so I'm also trying to be cautious, and so I thought, well, I'm going to flip that light out, because it's early, and, and I go heading down the steps, and I'm like, do I need to turn my phone on my flashlight? No, I got it, because I know these steps. I don't know if there's 15 or 45 of them, but I've been down a bunch of times. I've learned I need to count, so I know. So I'm just boom, 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 boom. I get, and so, so they come down. There's a landing and then two or three more steps, steps there. And I'm get, coming up on the landing, and there's a window here. And so I'm coming up on the, on the landing, and I stepped onto it. And when I did, it was about three steps too soon <laughs> in the dark. Now, in the light, I could do that. I mean, I got long legs. I could, I, could, I could take three steps if I had to. But in the dark, I'm not expecting it. Boom, and thinking, I can't put my hands on the window because I'll, like, crash. Like, what do I grab a hold of because I'm going forward a little bit? And I stopped in time and then spun around and went on down the next steps. And then there it was. My knee, I was kind of, like, like, walking like this a little bit. And then, you know, I'm not, in case you thought, I'm not 25. And so... so so I know guys my age have got knee, tra- knee replacements and hip stuff and hair replacements and all kinds of stuff. And so, so, so I'm kind of hobbling a little bit. I'm thinking, oh, I hope I didn't do something crazy where I got to do surgery or trade out my knee or something, you know, just weird thoughts. And, and then I did, I, I got some stuff I can do, and it, it was better, and I was okay. But here's, here's the deal. I've came down those steps and up those steps, I don't know how many times. And then when the lights are on, no problem. No problem at all. I can, in fact, I move. For some reason, I go fast on steps, and I go up and down and fast. No problem. Hit every one of them. Don't fall. Don't miss it. Do it every time. But in the darkness, well, I was struggling. I thought I was okay, but I wasn't okay. I thought I was fine, but I wasn't fine. I thought I knew how to do it, but I didn't in the darkness, because when you're in the darkness, you can find yourself struggling with doing things that was easy and, and, and you could get to in the light. And I'm saying this, and you, you've got to move out of the darkness. The, the process of walking the light means this, that I avoid darkness in my life. What do you say, Pastor? What do you mean by darkness? Well, the writer here gives us some insight, but it's the idea of, of sin and, and wickedness and, and evil. That's, that's one definition. Some places I just don't go. Some places, you know, I mean, nobody told me I couldn't go there, but just, this looks dark to me. I was over at the mall. I was over at the mall the other night, and they had this big circus. And they've had like three or four in the last several months, year, two, or something. I don't know. With COVID, it feels like it's been 20 years. I don't know. And uh, circus, and they've had, here's, here's my thoughts. And I know I could, I could say something offensive. If you can be offended, I'll offend you. I know, so just so you know, don't get offended. But, but you know, they took the animals away from the circus, which, which they should treat them right. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying. And now I don't think they know how to do circuses very good. So they had water circuses and, and trapeze circuses. And now they got one over here. It's a paranormal, paranormal circus. And, and I'm like, they got red lights flashing. I saw the thing. It said, if you're feeling sexy and uh, wicked and evil and want to have a night, just let go. I'm like, I'm not going in there. <laughs> I'm not afraid. I just know it sounds pretty dark to me. And there's some doors that I'm just not going to walk through because it looks like it's going to lead to darkness. Anybody with me? 
Let me help you. As a Jesus follower, there's some stuff you're going to mark off, some stuff you're not going to say, some places you're not going to do, some things you're not going to participate in, not because somebody's you're afraid you're going to hit with a lightning bolt, but because you just know you're in a relationship with him, and because you're in that relationship, you want to walk in the light. He, he, he called you out of darkness. You were a part of the darkness, and he made you light, and he's allowing you to walk in the light. And so, therefore, you need to make up your mind that, I'm just not going to go there. 1 John 5, 7 says this. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's a good word. It's a good word. Mo moving out of that place. Now, I also will say this. Darkness sometimes comes in the form of, of a wounded place, of a hurting place, and it just feels dark in your life, and you can't seem to get out from under it. And you're praying, God, please lift the darkness out of my life. That thing that happened, I just can't seem to get away from it. I just want you to know this, that God can come by in a moment and lift that. A powerful moment. But the process, the process, I've got, I, I, can't, I can't divorce the process from the power. And I think many times it comes like this. It's a searching Searching in God's word, searching in, in times in his presence, God, what is it you're speaking to me? And by the way, he will speak to you. And then practicing, putting into practice what God says. Not just hearing and then going about doing things the same way, but hearing and doing. That's what James says. Don't be doers only, but, but don't be hearers only, but be doers also. Right? It's the hearing and the doing, search it out, right, and then practice. And, and then it's remembering, searching, practicing, remembering in those times of struggle, in those times when the darkness see, tries to loom back over you. It's, it's remembering, well, this is what God said. This is what he said about my life. It, that's, that's a lie. That's not true. I'm not going to let that come back on me. So it's remembering. And then it's seeing. What is it God has been doing? So many times we get so preoccupied with the situation that we forget God has been working. And not only that, God is placing people in our life intentionally. It's strategic that people are in your life the way they are, that God wants to use them. And it's allowing, it's, it's allowing yourself to get in a loving place where you are loving the people in your life and you're loving him. Darkness will continue in your life until you begin to search out, God, what is it you're speaking to me? I want to put that into practice. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to David said it like this, I'm going to write your word upon the tablet of my heart so that I won't sin against you. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to take your word and remember it. And I'm going to start seeing where you're working. I'm looking where you're working. And I'm going to be loving you and what you're doing in my life, the process. And then lastly, Ephesians 5, pick it up in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's a clue right there. Don't be unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. Big word. Might circle it if you can. Always for all things uh, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in fear of the Lord. The last one is walking in wisdom. Walking, you got to walk in love. You can have integrity. You got, you got to walk in the light if you're going to have integrity, and you got to walk in wisdom. Now, I, I think that you know we we can confuse what wisdom is, and there's. Several ways you can explain this. I would say this, that wisdom is, it's the idea of knowledge and understanding together produce wisdom. Now, I'm not going to discount that there is supernatural wisdom available to us, but, but a lot of the wisdom you're going to get in life is going to come through getting knowledge. It's important. Get not know some stuff. Jesus followers shouldn't be ignorant, by the way. It's going to help you. You can know some stuff. Learn some stuff. Read. Read, read, read. Knowledge. When I, when I was young, uh, in high school, I remember, well, all my, all my life, my dad was a math whiz. And, like, I'd have st- struggle with something, take it home. He just, boom, 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 helped me with it. So good. Until, until I got in, when I got in high school and I was doing trigonometry and calculus and some of the stuff that was a little ge- geometry and, well, he just didn't know that stuff. So I'd go home, and he couldn't help me with it. And what happened was I started learning, and I gained more knowledge than he had about that area. Now, somebody lied to me and told me I need to take all that stuff, and I, don't, I, still, I still don't know what good it was for me, but they say you're going to use it. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's good if you know what you're going to do in life before you take all those classes. But I knew some stuff. My little thimble of knowledge was in no comparison to the ocean of knowledge that he had, but I knew some stuff that he didn't know. The problem is, when I was young, I'm still working on it, I didn't have a lot of understanding. I had the knowledge, but no understanding. And, and for all of us, wisdom is the child of knowledge and understanding. The older you get, in fact, some of you young adults would tell me, Pastor, I'm doing this adulting thing, and man, it is a trip. It's hard. I get it, because you're getting understanding, right? I remember, I'm, uh, I gotta be careful stories I tell. It's when you're, <laughs> some of you, maybe your child wants to go live on their own, they're living with you, and you're like, okay, and they're a little younger, and they probably need to be, and they're not ready. And so then you go down the list of, okay, so what are you gonna do about this, and this, and this? And they don't have no clue, because they haven't got understanding yet. They got knowledge, you gotta, you gotta get a place, and you gotta come up with rent, and you gotta do some of these things, but, but understanding. Wisdom is knowledge, understanding. Here's what, here's what the word Lord is, here's what he says. He says this, that, that we're to walk circumspectly. Two words make up that. The idea of, 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 of looking around, right, like circumference, looking around, or, around and then the um, second uh, word, uh, spectatus, the idea of, of looking, so looking around that we're aware. 
First Peter 5, 7 says, Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be watchful, be vigilant. Proverbs 27, verse 12 says, The prudent, the wise, see danger and take refuge. But the simple, the naive, keep going and pay the penalty. It's a good word right here. Proverbs, you need to read Proverbs. You want wisdom, read Proverbs. Here's what it says. It says, the wise, they see danger and they take refuge. But the simple, the naive, they're like, oh, there's a cliff there. I'm just going to keep on going. And everybody around them is saying, there's a cliff there. Hey, you're going, you're, you're going, it's dangerous. It's a thousand foot drop there. You're like, ah. Anybody ever been there before? Like you, like maybe you're young or like yesterday, somebody's saying, hey, that's a dangerous situation. You're like, I got it, no problem. And boom. You choose your sin, but you don't choose your consequences. I heard a guy the other day say this. He said, uh, Crawford Lorette said this, that when you're born, you look a lot like your parents, but when you die, you look a lot like your decisions. Boom. There you go. Back down and go. Even if I did rip it off somebody else, that's a good. I, I'm just going to tell you this right now. Wisdom is about, it's, it's not just something that we say, well, some, some old guy's got it up there. It's something that I need in my life, you need in your life, you need to walk that out, and it is a process. And here's what God's word says to us. If we lack wisdom, you, gotta, you need to ask, ask God, and he'll give it to you liberally, and he's not going to find fault with you, he's just going to give it. We don't have any excuse to not walk in wisdom. Wisdom is available to us. And he, he says this, that we're not going to walk as fools, but as wise, not like the unwise, but in people that know and understand the will of God. So it's, it's seeking out, God, what is your will for my life? First Peter 2.15 said, it's God's will by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live in such a way that the people, here's what Psalms 14 says, it's the fool that says in his heart there is no God, that live in such a way with such integrity, living out and walking in such wisdom that people look at you and they're just, they're, their mouth is, they, they don't have any words to speak because what they see in you is something different. They, this is a great compliment when somebody says, you know, I've been around church people, been around you Christians for a long time, but there's something about you that's different. I want to know more about your God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, 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 give thanks in everything for this is the will of God concerning you. God's will for me is to live a life of integrity that silences people. God's will for me is that I give thanks in everything. Everything. That's a big one. Every circumstance. Also, that's a big one. Now you, now you got to know this. Romans 8.28 says he's working all these things out for our good. Right? But give thanks. That means my focus has got to be on a God who loves me and because of that I can give thanks because whatever's happened to me right now, God's going to produce good out of it and so I can thank God right now. I don't have to wait. I can thank him right now. First Thessalonians 4, 3 said, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. There's an old word, old churchy word, sanctified. Right? There's salvation, powerful moment. Justification comes. God does this. He looks at you just as if you never sinned. And then sanctification, that's the process where we have to participate. He said, it's God's will that you be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that, that, 
I couldn't do that on my own, but what God does is he sanctifies us, sets us apart. I'm going to ask the team to come. I need to wrap up. We've been going a little while. Hope you've taken some notes and you can jump into this this week and, and grow in this process that we're in to become people of integrity. Anybody ever try to lead a liar? But you tried to lead a liar. Somebody that you know, they're lying, but you're trying to lead him. Years ago when I worked in the uh, marketplace and corporate world, I could tell you many stories. I'm not going to tell you any. I'm just going to tell you this, that when you're managing or leading a liar, you have to fire the liar. I've been with people where we're in compassionate, sincere, is there a way we can figure this out and they continue to lie and then you have to you know, drop the ax many times. My role was sometimes was to do this. Everybody got fired at the company I worked for. I was in the room when they got fired. That's not always the fun job. I don't know how many times it was a matter of, of lack of integrity and lying. Now, here's what I'm going to challenge to you. You go ahead and stand up. You laid your things aside. Stand up with me. Here's my challenge with you. I want you to fire the liar. I want you to fire the dishonest version of you. The you that wants to continually get trapped in the darkness. The you that, that, that really is struggling with some people that you need to love that you've not been loving. And you're putting on like everything's okay, but it's not. The you that you know you're making some really faulty and wrong decisions and you know there's danger, but you continue to make those decisions, maybe hidden, you continue to make those decisions that are unwise. I want you to fire that person, that version of you, and embrace what Jesus has done for you. You know this morning that he loves you. I said earlier, he makes all things new. Don't get tripped up on shame and guilt and let that just make you feel bad. Holy Spirit brings conviction so that you can get to the, get to the, the next best place for your life. So I know typically what happens in a message like this, people just want to like get all quiet and, and, leave, and leave the room and exit and not be transparent. Nobody wants to raise their hand. Yeah, I got a hidden life. I get it. Here's, here's the thing. All of us will have some struggles with integrity because we're flawed people. It's coming clean. It's coming, doesn't mean it's some big, dark secret. Maybe it is. It means that, you know what, there's an area in my life that I need to let Jesus move into that space and make new in me. And guess what? He will. There's hope. Because of Jesus, there's hope. Because of him and what he's done, there's hope. When I can't do it, he can. When I open up and say, I'm struggling with this, he comes in and he does what we're unable to do. And, and, and the question, and we're going to pray, the question is, am I, am I really being honest with myself? Am I really being honest with myself?